welcome to the Elevate Live podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. So I was, you can be seated, I was a freshman in college. And um, I did not know that I just entered into four years of the test of my life. Last week, right after Easter, God brought this song to my heart. I told my little Whitney, I go, you never heard this song, but this is back in the day. I was 18, it was 1978. I'd been an athlete my whole life and was so excited to, uh, to get a college scholarship. And um, I remember even the first practice, the, the uh, coach said, we think he might be our first All-American. Such high hopes. And uh, then I set the bench, game after game after game. By the time I got to my sophomore year, I had coaches from other teams that would come to me after the game and say, can we talk to you? I go, yeah. Because at the level I played, people knew who I was. And they said, if they're not gonna play you, come to our school. Now coaches aren't supposed to do that. That's what happened every game my sophomore year. And every game my sophomore year, I set the bench. Now, to you, that might sound like a trite thing. But to be an athlete and to work hard and do all that I'd done, to out of the over 200 schools that recruited me and to choose this school because I felt like God wanted me to go to that school. It was a Christian school. And to me, it was choosing down. It was the NAI rather than NCAA division, NCAA. And, and they benched me. My sophomore year, it wasn't just the coaches that kept coming, but by the time I got to my junior year, there would be guys on my team that were starting in front of me that would be apologizing to me. One of them is one of the campus pastors for Gateway now. His name's Steve Thompson. Steve said, man, I don't know what this is. He said, practice, you're dunking on me. You're blocking my shots and they're starting me in front of you. And he would say, I just want to apologize. I said, no, no, no. You might hear this and you might think, that doesn't seem like a big deal, but when you're a kid and you've got these dreams. and Then my senior year, I get this letter from the Dallas Cowboys. They'd actually sent a scout to watch me practice basketball. Coach never told me about it. So I get a letter and it's from a guy that was just inducted not long ago to the NFL Football Hall of Fame, a guy by the name of Gil Brandt. He was vice president of player personnel. And he said, 
we've seen you. We got you on our computer. We want you to come try out for the Dallas Cowboys. My senior year, the administration of the school that I was at came to me and they said, we're gonna ask you not to play your senior year. We're still gonna give you your full scholarship, but there's some administrative changes that we need to make. Without going into the long short of it, they removed the coach that was in place for 15 years. And it's too long of a story to go into, but that did not help my career. But it wasn't just that that was going on. During that same time, my, uh, my parents, you know, I grew up in this family. We go to church, we love God. And my parents, while I'm in college, split up. Thinking, what in the world? It's like my thought process was like, I had so many dreams for, as an athlete. And now my family, my parents were living in two different states, Louisiana and Texas, and I'm thinking, what is going on? Now, I want to just stop here for just a second because I think one of the reasons God brought this to my attention was right after Easter was because everybody around Jesus was so disappointed. They, were so, they felt like they were let down. Everybody. I mean, when Mary Magdalene came to the tomb, she thought Jesus had said he was going to rise again, but... She thought they've, they've stolen his body. His body it's, it's, like, it's like they forgot. And then John and Peter run to the tomb and the Bible tells a story about these, these two men on the road to Emmaus. What it doesn't tell is why they were on the road to Emmaus. You see, these were two disciples that were leaving town. So disappointed. Jesus said he was gonna rise from the dead, but his body's gone. They went on a seven day journey just to get out of town. The Bible says Jesus showed up. He's walking with them. He said, what are y'all talking about? And they said, haven't you heard? This Jesus of Nazareth was crucified and they can't find his body. And what they didn't say is we're out of town, we're out of here. Because we were following him, we thought it was gonna be awesome, but. He walked with them the whole way for seven days. They get to Emmaus and all of a sudden he's gone. And they said, did not our hearts burn with us as he talked with us? And then they got this revelation. Wait, that was Jesus. And the Bible says, and a lot of people miss this, immediately they went back to Jerusalem. Nobody goes for a seven day journey and immediately goes back. But they had lost hope. So last week, I'm like, just praying. And I said, God, I know you want me to start this, this series on miracles, but, and this song came to me that I just sang because when I was a freshman, when I was 18 years old and 19 and 20, this was the song for me. 
like it's an old song to you and to my daughter, but it's a, it was a song for me because in my toughest time, I did not know that my trial, that my test was gonna last four years, y'all. Four years of my life. And 41 years ago, I was in a desperate place. 41 years ago, I was like, God, is this like it? I mean, I've, I've, I'm like, I'm giving you, I'm like, I've lived my whole life for you. You know, those are the kind of talks I'm having. God, I just like, this is my dream. And I'm just sitting. I'm, it's not happening. I mean, I was so disappointed. And last week, God reminded me of this. And this song came to me. I've listened to it all week long. And I said, I told witness, I said, I want the team to learn this. I said, I know it's old school for y'all, but just do it because... Somebody needs this song this week because there's people that after, after pressing, after working hard, after doing what you thought was the best, you're just disappointed. So I had this great message, the notes, we had to tell the ushers don't pass the notes out because that's not the message. Because here's what God told me today. This is your day for a miracle. That's what he told me. That this is your day for a miracle and for me to sing that song that I sang over myself to sing it for you. See, sometimes you can see us up here. You can see me up here and you can see me jumping and being crazy and bragging on precious and talking about my family. And you can think we hadn't been through it. I hadn't been through it, but listen, that was just the beginning. So anyway, the Cowboys reached out to me. And I was a basketball player. They said, we want you to come try out. So I did. I came to Dallas from Springfield, Missouri and had a tryout with the Dallas Cowboys at the old Texas Stadium. And I got a call and Sheila was there the day, you made the team, you made it. You're a, you're, you're a Dallas Cowboy, you're going to camp with us. And the year was 1982 and the day hadn't ended. When Gil Brandt with Tom Landry called me on the phone, Sheila's right there, she's my girlfriend, we're not even married yet. They said, we know we told you we made it, but NFL just declared a strike and we're not gonna sign you. I thought, what in the? What in the world? Like, what, why is this happening? I don't know if you've had that big a shift in your life in one day, but it's like, hey, you made it. And then, oh, by the way, the whole NFL went on strike for the first time. During that same summer, I'm just in Dallas and this person approaches me and said, hey, I'm a talent scout, I'm an agent. I didn't even know what that was. They said, we just like, we were looking at you and we want you to come do some headshots because we, we think we want to cast you for something, but we can't tell you what it is. And I said, okay. I said, I'm not really an actor. And they go, we can make you an actor. I said, okay. I go through all this process and I do the reading and they said, you're the guy. Then they brought the executive producers and the executive producers said, you're the guy. You're him. And then Eric Estrada came out. 
And he said, you're not the guy. Because he came up to about right here. I was cast for chips to be Eric Estrada's partner. And in one day, I got the part. And in one day, I lost the part. That same talent agent said, it's not over. I said, well, it never really started. <laughs> they cast me for a movie. Now, this won't mean anything to some of you younger folk, but some of the old people will remember George C. Scott. They cast me for a, to co-star with George C. Scott in a movie with Dorothy Malone. Going way back now. It's going to be a movie called Dominion. It was going to be filmed at the Rodeo Arena in um, Garland. I think it's Garland. Mesquite, thank you. There we go. I was going to be a cowboy and ride bulls and stuff. <laughs> we were getting ready to start the movie, and for the first time in history, the Screen Actors Guild went on strike. <laughs> These are true stories. You can Google it. I guess I need to apologize to the NFL. I need to apologize to this Hollywood. Because both of those things blocked me from being a professional football player, from being an actor, whatever. And here, here's my point. I, I don't know what your life is like, but in that season of my life, it was like nothing's working. Like all these things are happening and nothing's happening. Have you ever had anything like that? Like, it's happening, but nothing is happening. Last week, when God took me to this song, I can't tell you, I can't even tell you. Every day in my dorm by myself, I'm like listening to that song and crying and going, okay, God, you know. And 41 years later, when I look back, here's what I can tell you. One of the biggest battles I still fight today is discouragement. Because like I see stuff and it doesn't happen the way I thought it was gonna happen. The only thing that's happened the way I thought it would happen is my marriage and my family. And that's a good thing. I saw it. This church hadn't happened like I've seen it, but it's going to. Well, let me just say this. Listen very carefully to what I'm saying. Thomas was so disappointed. Paul recorded in 1 Corinthians 15, he said, this Jesus, God's son, who rose from the dead. I just want to remind you, he said, he first appeared to Mary Magdala, Mary of Magdala. He then appeared to the 11 disciples. He then appeared to his own brother, James, who by the way, wasn't a believer. And Paul goes on to tell the church of Corinth that we don't know what the conversation was with James, his brother, but here's what we do know. After that conversation, James not only is one of the books in the Bible written by Jesus' own brother, but James became the Bishop of Jerusalem 
the city of God, Jesus' own brother who didn't believe in him until after the resurrection. Paul goes on to say this, and then Jesus himself, the son of the living God who rose from the dead, appeared to 500 people at one time. These are irrefutable proofs. Some of the people he said when he was writing it are still alive and testify that they saw him. This last week I thought, Easter is a picture of not only an empty tomb, it's only a picture of an empty cross. It's not only a picture of redemption, it's not only a picture of of the Son of God giving His life for us, that if we believe we wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. It's not only that picture, but it's also a picture of the aftermath. And the aftermath is everybody around Jesus was disappointed. Last week, when God laid this song on my heart and he brought me back, he spoke something to me. You see, when Thomas was with the disciples, they said, Jesus, we saw Jesus. We, we saw him, Thomas. We, we saw the holes in his hands and we saw the holes in his feet and we saw the hole in his side. And Thomas said this, I will not believe based on what you saw and I won't even believe if I see him. I will believe it when I see him if I put my fingers in the holes that are in his hands. Jesus appears to all the disciples. Thomas is there. He looks at Jesus and Jesus directs himself right to Thomas. And he says, not just that it's me. He said, put your hands. He said exactly what Thomas said. I will not believe until I've put my hands inside the holes in his hands. He said, take your hands and put them in the holes of my hands. He said, my Lord, my God. And here's what Jesus said. Listen very carefully, because this is what the Lord spoke to me last week. You've seen me and you believe, but blessed are those who believe and have not seen. So 41 years later, 41 years later, there's a lot I haven't seen, but here's what my test is. Do you believe? And I want to say today, I believe. And I want to say to you, when God began to speak to me last week, he said, this miracle is going to happen for people in this place. So today's your day for miracles. And so you know what's going to happen? Listen, here's what's going to happen in the next few minutes. And you don't wait. When I tell you, you know exactly who you are. Some of you, as you heard me share, as you heard my heart open to you, you are facing some of those same real deal issues. You're facing some of those same disappointments. 
you're facing some of those same discouragements. You're in the middle of a storm right now. God changed everything this weekend, and I thought I had a great message. He changed everything this weekend and said, no, this is going to be their miracle. The people that are in storms, the people that are disappointed, the people that are disillusioned, the people that thought it was going to be a certain way, and it wasn't a certain way. And all I can tell you is this. If that's you and that resonates with you on any level, I want you to get up from where you are right now and I want you to come right down here. I'm, a, I'm talking about right this second. You say, that's me. I don't care if you know God or don't know God. You say, if that's, that's me, I want you to get up from where you are because God changed all this whole service just for you, just for you. And don't, don't anybody else rush out of here because what's happening is God's about to rush into here. I said, what's about to happen is God's about to rush in here. So keep pressing close. Just keep pressing close. Just fill all the aisles. Just keep pressing close. Just keep on coming down. And here's what I can tell you. This is the word that the Lord gave me. It's time to believe again. And even when you don't see it, you keep believing it. And here's what God says, you're gonna see it. You're gonna see it. You're gonna see it. You're gonna see it. I don't know what it is that you've been wanting to see that you hadn't been seeing, but you're gonna see it. I want you to receive that right now, that you are going to, to, to see it. So today, today, what is today about? Today is about your miracle. Y'all just feel all the way in, just keep on coming. Just keep on coming. You know why? Because we're pressing into God. I want you to lift up your hands all across this place. And now what I sang in my dorm room when I was 18, what I cried to when I was 18, what I experienced when I was 19 and 20 and 21 that became my test to keep believing even when you don't see it, to keep believing when it didn't work out like you thought it was going to work out to keep believing and here's why because what God wants and what he showed me Keith Craft I just want you to want me just want me just want me why because I'm every solution that you're looking for thanks for listening make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube that way you know when a new sermon has been uploaded also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.